Radio. Yeah, so Jason, uh, I mean, I'm sorry that guest uh, fell through. I, mean, I was really disappointed. I was looking forward to it. Uh, I was looking forward to having a chat because, you know, we talked about kind hearts and coronets mm-hmm. last week, so that would have been the perfect... Hello, it's me, the Lord above. How y'all doing tonight? You're telling me we've got God himself on our podcast right now. Well, that's right, because if... if, if, Now, don't listen to the Kevin Sorbo film. I am, in fact, dead and in heaven. Oh, okay. But you you run stuff. Oh, yeah. It depends on the day. It depends on the mood I'm feeling. I just want to come here and uh, and uh, congratulate you because obviously, who else could uh, could talk about the movie you're going to cover but God Himself? Well, yeah, I don't mind the accent. I use many accents, so they flip and flop and fly all over the place. Well, I, I assume that that's how crikey. I, I assume I'm hearing you as I would interpret God as a lower class Englishman. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm having a bit of a crisis here. You know, I've I've I'm a was a confirmed atheist for many years, and uh, this has thrown my whole philosophical worldview into, into disarray by you appearing here. Uh, so, uh, sir? Is that what I would say, sir? Uh, well, whatever feels comfy, but okay. I've got to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Okay. All right, I'm not going to say too much more, get into too many details, because yeah. I don't want to shake the fabric of, of, uh, of the earth. Brendan, are you hearing this right now? Yeah, this is... I'm... Scared. This is big time news. We gotta get Alex Jones on this. Somebody, somebody, it's funny you should mention that because I just wanted to tell you Alex Jones, everything he says, Uh complete truth. Oh no. Completely the truth. Oh no, this is this is bad news. Everything he says is is a is is the honest to me truth. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, I'll just leave you with that, and uh, I'll allow you guys to carry on up the Kyber, because uh, that's what you're going to talk about, and it's going to be great. God out, Jetpack 3000. Oh shit, wait, what's the meaning of life? Fuck! 23. Wait, he, he said 23? I think so. That 23 could mean anything. It could be that movie with Jim Carrey. Mm. Actually, you know what? I think given that he referenced the Carry On, it's the 23rd Carry On movie, which I believe is Carry On Matron. It's amazing you just knew that, right? I know, like, I just knew that right off the top of my right head. Right off the top just of your head. Boo! 23rd Guys, Carry On movie. I don't edit. It's all happening live. Live, baby. Live. live to tape. That is our motto for Screen and Country, colon, live to tape. <laughs> I just I feel like that would just be us reading the uh the uh, doing like the audio version of a of a book. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And then Jason and I sat down and we drank and we talked about a movie. The next day, the same thing. Ha- the next week, the same thing happened. And the week after that. <laughs> no, the next day. We do this every single day. We've got a, We've got an episode bank 400 deep. <laughs> we, we, we've already we, talked we, about it. We already did those 400 episodes. We're just doing a new intro to this one so that I can tell you that we're 400 deep. That's right. We're very... I do a lot of editing. <laughs> that is my life. <laughs> Brendan is, is the true dog's body of this podcast. Yes, a, lear- a word which I learned today. Jason, this is a podcast, as you probably heard us say a, b- a bunch of times yeah. just now. Uh, it is called For Screen. And country. 
And on this podcast, we talk about the top 100 British films of all time, as as according to the British Film Institute Top 100 list, yes, made indeed. in 1999. Uh, we are in the final 10. We have actually have done 91 movies on this list, plus we've had episodes where we've talked about other stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but th- we are talking about a milestone yes. uh, this week because this is a movie we've uh, we've we've wished for, we've hinted at yeah. um, since almost the beginning I'm of this podcast. I'm pretty sure this was like we saw this on the list and thought, oh, there's no way that there's not going to be something in this movie to talk about uh, uh, a British comedy about uh, the historical occupation of India. So spoiler yeah, we alert, can- <laughs> we're right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we are. This is a, a a milestone. We are going to talk about Carry On Up the Khyber, the sixteenth in the Carry On franchise. But before we do that, we do need to read some comments about last week's film, which was, of course, Kind Hearts and Coronets. Yeah, I'd say Jason. So let's get into this. Let's get it. Let's get into these comments. We haven't done this for a while. Uh, let's get back in. Get back into the swing of things, my friend. Back in the swing of things. It's not a song. No. I just made it up. Well, at least you can't get sued. Oh, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Making up songs about things nobody sings about, like corn. Who sings about corn? Well, I guess there's that chicken and the corn song, so I was wrong. Just be careful that we don't copy the melodies of a real song, because we could get sued. Oh, no. Kind hearts and cornets. People had some things to say. Um, not a lot because it, it, I don't think it's a no. it's a it's a film that has uh, withstood the popularity test of time. No scorching so, scorching takes on this one. Uh, not really, no. <laughs> and certainly not on this side of the pond. Oh. Uh, that 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 I don't think it's made its presence known as much as over in the UK. Well, we're cool, so we're ahead of the game. <laughs> We know the cool shit. Oh, okay. So, wait, wait, wait. What you're saying is we're cool because we don't talk about this movie? No, what I'm saying is that we're cool because we watched this movie. Oh, no. The, well, we, you and I, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah, we're obviously And superior. anybody who's listening who watched this movie is also cool. But not as cool as us. No. Yeah. No, they don't have a podcast. Oh, I'm actually proud. Some of them probably do, but not this one. Not, which is the only cool one. Yeah, that's right. Only cool one. Jason, our first comment comes from Johnny Pomato. Johnny Pomato. And uh, he says, Kind Hearts is probably my favorite Ealing comedy, but I also have a soft spot for the man in the white suit. That's understandable. Although I would say I like Kind Hearts much better. (laughs) Jason, you leave those scorching hot takes on the burner. And Man in the White Suit, I I would say I even like that way more than uh, Lavender Hill Mob. And Lavender Hill Mob way more than uh, uh, Lady Killers. Killers, I think think Lavender Hill Mob might have been my favorite of that whole bunch. Hmm. Interesting. What's our next comment from uh, Jason? Uh, (laughs) 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 Andrew Rossdale writes in, Brendan, and Andrew says, I loved it. Though some of the random use of the N-word soured uh, it for me a little. I think it did a little bit for us, but we got over it. Wow, he's so flippant. A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder is the musical adaptation of this, or at least the book it was based on. I saw a regional production that was fantastic. The original cast recording is great, too. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can see this movie making a good musical. Uh, this isn't one of her comments, but Sh- Sharon did post on the uh, on our Facebook group and say that we needed to watch it. So maybe maybe one day we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do that. Wow. Um, our next comment comes from Davey Morrison. He says, love it. Lavender Hill Mob and The Maggie are my other two favorite Ealing comedies, with Man in the White Suit and Whiskey Galore not far behind. Passport to Pimlico and The Lady Killers are great, too. And the comic segment 
of Dead of Night is top tier Ealing comedy, even if it's a horror anthology movie. Pimlico stands out in that pile to me. I think you like well. Yeah. Again, the weird thing is, it was always the Guinness ones. That yeah, you, that when we yeah came and, to. and I love Alec Guinness. Don't get me wrong, because you know my love of both Lawrence of Arabia and Bridge on the River Kwai. And then when he uh, played Fagin, you were like, finally, he's playing a realistic portrayal yeah. of human beings. Absolutely, one that I can relate culturally, to personally, culturally appropriate on a spiritual level. I believe is what you said. Uh, uh, you don't said, think uh, that's what I said. Finally, representation where it matters. Mm. Uh, get him in the guts. I believe. I think, I think you all... heard that at your meeting on Thursday with. All those guys at the beer hall. Uh, I mean, maybe a couple of them were, but they were drunk. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. People say fun things when they're drunk. Yeah, M- Mel Gibson. Oh, there's Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for writing in. I was wondering if we were going to see Sharon. You. Who? Sharon Horwath. Oh, thank goodness, Sharon. Got thank scared. you for writing in. Sharon says of the Ealing comedies on the list, I think this one is the better executed ones. One of the better executed ones. The deaths are well done. Alec Guinness is a true champ performing all of these roles, and the costumes are perfect. However, I definitely prefer it to its successor, uh, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, though I admit that some of that may be because of the changes that are made from the screen to the stage. For instance, Monty, the Louis character, learns of his nobility background once his mother passes away and only decides to start murdering his relatives so that he can be with Sibelia and so his mother can properly be buried with her family. The show definitely has more of a Gilbert and Sullivan style as opposed to the Oscar Wilde style of the film, but that is exactly why I love the musical. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah, Gilbert and Sullivan. I only really know of Gilbert and Sullivan because I, A, watched The Simpsons, and B, I've watched Star Trek. And, and because you've seen that Mike Lee movie about them. Is I there th- a Mike Lee movie about them? I think so. I'll have to, listeners. Is it like a real casual slice of life? Uh, <laughs> listeners, tell me if I'm wrong. I probably am. I know he do, I know he made a movie that we may actually talk about eventually uh, because of where it is. Gilbert and or Sullivan. But I don't know if it's called I don't it's definitely not called Gilbert and Sullivan, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure those are the characters that it focuses on. Anyway, Gilbs and Sully. It's Sully. That's what that movie's about. Yep. It's just about one of them. It, oh, you imagine? Oh, dude, they've missed an opportunity. They should have done Sully with Tom Hanks, but instead of like they sh- it should have been a musical. Well, of course. I'm oh. going down. I'm going down. Goddamn the birds in the sky. Goose and my engine. <laughs> they got in the way and I couldn't fly. All I want as a passenger is a drink that won't spill. Am I really a villain? I'm just trying to prove that maybe this captain... Did something he shouldn't have done. I just want the American public to see. That's not the most popular song, obviously. No. Also, I, I don't think Sully was a... Uh, uh, no, these uh, are the guys going against him. Yeah, what I'm saying, I, I don't think Sully uh, uh, had that kind of pushback in real life. I think that they all... Not trial, but a, they uh, definitely questioned some they stuff. They would have questioned it because they would question anybody in that situation. Well, there, there was Do of, not impugn the name of Chesterfield Sullivan. There was... I think it's Sullenberger. But Ch- Chesley, Chesley Sullenberger. Um, I've listened to enough comedy Bang Bang. I should know this. Well, name. He's been on multiple times, sometimes at the, twice at the same time. Jason, there's footage of it in the movie. It's all real footage. It's a documentary. They oh. just put Tom Hanks' face over. Oh, they just deep faked him onto something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aaron Eckhart was there, though. He was the co-pilot. That, that's the future, man. Like taking a documentary and deep faking actors' faces onto the uh, Good uh, principles. Lord. What's the point? So that they're more, well, so that they're more pleasing to the eye. All right. Last comment. <laughs> comes from uh, Brittany Keegan, and Brittany Keegan says, love it. 
My personal favorite Alec Guinness movie is called Our Man in Havana, but this one is a close second. Maybe mm. we need to see that. that. Is that a spy movie? It sounds like a spy movie. I, I hope that he's not playing the man in Havana. Ugh, he's just, just super dark brown skin and smoking cigars. <sighs> mm. Wearing like a, like a floral shirt. He shows up and just says, hello, I'm Fidel. No. Oh, Sorry, Welcome Alec. to Cuba. <laughs> he, you know what though? He pulled it off. He would pull it off. He was very good. It'd be very, it'd be very upsetting. But he'd be like, "Ah, oh, goddamn you! Ah, oh, why are you such a good actor?" Man, I wish we could. We should get a hologram back of uh, uh, hologram. Prince Philip. Uh, we oh. should get a hologram of uh, Alec Guinness to put in a movie with Scarlett Johansson. I would like to see the two of <laughs> them in a film together. I mean, it'd be great. They have so much chemistry. They, they could be like an Inuit couple. Oh dear God, Jason! Uh, now to remake North. Well, listen, Scarlett Johansson's credit, she's never worn brown face. As far as we know, it, we, I mean, haven't, we haven't seen all of the work she's done. In movies. She might have done like a movie as a teenager, you know, with a camcorder and, and was like playing some sort of No, that was role. Kickboxing Academy with Kyler Lee where she made out with her brother. Let's move nice. on. Uh, gross. <laughs> Jason, we got to compare this movie to the American films, because that's what we do. We like to compare. We like to uh, pick our favorites. And we have to find out, because this movie was number six on the BFI Top 100, so we are going to compare it to whatever movie is number six on the AFI, that's the American Film Institute, Top 100 American Films of All Time. And Jason, what is that movie? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Number six is 1939's Gone with the Wind, directed by Victor Fleming. Have you seen it, Jason? No, and I, I should, because I do love... Um, uh, I do love pro-Confederate propaganda, so uh, I need to see that. We'll do a doubleheader with that and um, uh, uh, the D.W. Griffith film, Birth of a Nation. I, I don't know that it's as racist as Birth of a Nation, but uh, it certainly has some weird sensibilities. Although the, the, the black actress in that movie was nominated for... She won an Oscar. She won the Oscar for that. I don't know and if she was even allowed to be at the ceremony. She was, but oh. almost wasn't. Yeah. Clark Gable had to say, either she shows up or both of us don't. Oh, thank goodness Clark was wavering he was a, he was a, around. He was, a, he was a good man, though, honestly, in terms of that stuff. He was a, yeah. He was a good let's guy. let's not put a blanket statement though. No, no, no. These people from no, the past, they're all they're often pretty no, terrible. No, no, no. Clark Gable never did one bad thing. <laughs> no, but for all accounts, I've heard that he was overall pretty good. Well, that was a nice move on his part, for sure. Um, but yeah, okay. So Gone with the Wind, I have seen it because I've watched all those damn movies. Yeah. And um, Gone with the Wind is a good two-hour movie, crammed into three hours, as the Roger Ebert once said. It's not even that the pacing is bad. It's just that the last hour is I'm just not as huge of a fan of. Hmm. Like it's like I, everything after the intermission, I'm like, okay, this could be summed up quicker. Uh, but everything before it is great. But if we're talking about overall films, I gotta go with Kind Hearts because I enjoyed that from start to finish. As God is my witness, I'll never go hungry again. Is as that what God says? is my witness, I'll never kill Alec Guinness again. Uh, okay, that's what the, that's the line. He was in that movie. He was very small. He's played so many roles. The horse. He's like 85 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's still alive. Jason, that's it. That's it. We talked about it. We're done with Kind Hearts and Coronets. Um, I mean, I guess until sometime later when we talk about all the yeah. movies. But yeah. uh but now, Jason, we have to move on. We have to talk about this week's movie. Yes. Holy shit, do we have to talk about this Ooh, week's movie? Finally, man. Finally. It's time to carry on up the goddamn Kyber. Let's get into this. <laughs>
That's right. That royal music. Not royalty-free music, though, so no. get your checkbook out, Jason. Oh, shit. <laughs> royal... Surely uh, all these people are dead. They don't need my money. They don't. Nobody needs your money. Nobody is asking for it. No. Nobody wants it. Nobody Thank needs God. it. Thank God. You can have it. It's yours to Thank, keep. thank the God, by the way, that I guess I now believe in since he came to me. Oh, <laughs> he's always with me. He's always with me. God <laughs> is always there. Um, you yes. think knowing, sorry, just as a quick aside, you'd think knowing that heaven existed in some form that would have convinced me on the on the God thing, but no, it had to be him coming to me in person. You needed it to be God. Yeah, I needed it to be him, and he's a, what, what a nice bloke. He's, he's a nice dude. But yes, that music means we're talking about Carry On Up the Kyber. Again, like I said, it's number 16 in the franchise of 31, 31 Carry On films, ranging from 1958, I believe, mm-hmm. to 1992. And so it's almost the longest running British franchise. Almost. Almost? Bond, Bond has been going longer. Uh, longer by time, perhaps, but certainly not by films. Bond is not, not by films, approached to 32 a, quite a longer, A longer time span is sure. what I mean. Sure. Yeah. And certainly, uh, I would say, overall, globally, more culturally relevant. Uh, I believe what? the Carry On... The Carry On movies. Carry Ons are certainly very specific to England. Um, I have... Do you have any history with them, Brendan? Like, do you, did you ever hear of this series in the past? When I saw the title on this list, when I saw Carry On Up the Kyber, I said, I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't even know the, the, the genre, yeah. in fact. I was like, that could be anything. And then having looked it up, I was like, oh, it's a it's a comedy, I guess. Like and then and then when I read that there were 31 of these, I was like, oh, I have never heard of this. Yeah. It it's it the, seems very localized. Yeah, and I'd I'd heard of them in passing. It's the sort of movie that like an older person, like a like a teacher or something, might be like, Oh, you might like the carry on movies. You should check those like out. Like Dead yeah, Birds. They're very funny. What? Like Dead Birds? Like carry dead, on? Dead, uh, dead birds? Carry on? Uh, oh. Uh, oh, is that uh, what I think it's just dead animals in general. Yeah, carrion, carrion eaters. Okay, carrion I, I see. I see your joke, and I accept it. Carrion eaters, carrion moss. We're, uh, we're gonna mark a, a mark on the board for you. <laughs> Congratulations, you made a very erudite joke. Thank you. Uh, I would like to thank the chick who plays Trinity in the Matrix. Yeah. So, carry on up the Kyber of this long-running series, this British series that's very British. Uh, I guess by its very inclusion on this list and being the only one is. Uh, at least in the opinion of the British Film Institute, the best carry-on movie, the most representative carry-on movie. Uh, Competing, I believe I've heard also like carry-on Cleo and carry-on camping. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Are also quite good in this series. But uh, And then, of course, there's the final film, Carry-on Columbus, which was made in 1992. And that's the one that everyone loved. Well after, uh, well after, I'm sure most of them were dead. There's only, I believe, one person they said carried o- carried over, <laughs> carried on, <laughs> carried on over into the uh, the final Carry On movie. And that would be Carry On Columbus. Yeah, and there was like a 14 year gap with that one. Oh yeah, like it was 1978 and then 1992. And actually, recently they've been talking about rebooting it, and it almost happened. Jason, they were yeah. set to film it, and then COVID 19 happened. That's a shame. And and I'm actually really interested. I'm kind of interested to see what a modern Carry On movie would be like because you obviously would have to update it a lot. Um, <laughs> The, I don't know if the sort of humor that it did back then would necessarily hold up now, or you would have to do that humor in a much more exaggerated, even way. Yeah. Well, it, okay. And and when you hear what we talk about, you'll understand that more. So, Jason, this movie um, is uh, it reminded me it's a, it's a parody movie, basically. Yeah. It's a, it's a spoof almost, not yeah. of movies, but of uh, some movies, but also more yeah. of like culture, right? Yeah, it's it's so, more of a historical spoof. Like, but, yeah, I wouldn't say it is picking on any movie in particular, but certainly on how movies have portrayed. Uh, I did get a little bit of Zulu. Yeah, a little bit of Zulu for sure. Yeah. It's uh, that it's that colonial aesthetic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but but Jason, just th- this does have like a basic plot framework. Sure. So tell us what the kind of the the, the bare bones of this plot. Well, bare bones of this movie is that uh, so we have the British occupying India. It's 1895. And uh, uh, they're basically keeping the lid on this via the third foot and mouth regiment, which is a funny joke because foot and mouth is a disease. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also uh, when you, and also I thought of like when you put your foot in your mouth. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. You could do that too. Um, it's a. Uh, <laughs> I like how you gave me permission to make that observation. Absolutely. That's perfectly fine, I guess, that's perf- for you to think that's perfectly that. acceptable. Uh, it's a Highland regiment, so they all wear kilts, and they're apparently the only thing keeping a lid on the locals who want to, uh, some of them want to rebel and overthrow the British, which is a real thing that the many Indians in 1895 absolutely wanted to do. And what a diverse cast they what have a playing diverse these locals. Cast. We've got so many shades of white people in brown face. Uh, uh, now, of course, this movie was filmed completely in England. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't think an Indian person was within a mile of the set that wasn't like running a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, there, there is. I, I, I mean, I think I may have maybe saw one, a couple of extras that were racially appropriate. I gotta wonder the, the how an extra feels being on a set like that. Yeah, it's gonna that. feel that's, strange. That's not a. That can't be fun. Yeah. Would be like imagine, imagine you went to Africa and you went to like Nigeria, one of those Nigerian films, and was on the cast, and everybody was in whiteface. <laughs> <laughs> why? That, I mean, it wouldn't be offensive to us because we're white people, and and there's no reason why we should be offended by that. It would just be like this is strange. It's so yeah, yeah, guys, white chicks. <laughs> is not racist towards white people. Shut up. We're fine. It's fine. It's You know what? It, uh, I'll tell you what. Black people, you've earned the right to do whiteface. Yeah, I mean, it, you don't need my permission. Whiteface but... has no historical, <laughs> yeah. has no historical uh, exactly. awfulness, so just do it. Go for it. So anyway, yeah. So, like, yeah, exactly. They're looking to rebel, but, but the secret is, Jason, that these... Uh, these devils, what are they called? The devils in... Uh, the devils in skirts. The devils in skirts. Their secret is that they're so brave, they don't yeah. wear underwear. Exactly. And that is enough to uh, scare the natives uh, from you know further rebelling against the British. But we have an incident where it is revealed that, was it Private, what's his, Whittle? 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 Private Which I Whittle. think is another ra- a raunchy joke about maybe he has a small penis. Yeah, uh, Private Whittle, who is uh, a very skinny guy uh, and is clearly like the nerdy comedic relief in these carry-on movies. Yeah. Um, he is he is accosted by a local a burpa they call him which I'm sure is racist burpa yeah. as they say in one scene yeah yeah I'm sure that's terribly racist yeah but uh, yeah so he he finds out that uh, Private Whittle is in fact wearing underwear and, and that this causes- emboldens. Yeah. Uh, him and his cohorts to t- to to spread it all around the the ultimate goal is to spread this news around the army mm-hmm. around their army to to tell them like there's nothing to fear these men are not brave as you, as brave as you think they were underwear which is just hilarious that yeah, the it's, premise it's, of this movie premise, yeah. is based on that just one very small <laughs> stupid <laughs> it's so thing stupid but it's, yeah they, and and then uh, yeah and, and of course then it comes back at the climax of the movie which we'll get to um uh, and and we have kind of a conflict uh, uh, between the, of course, representative of the British Empire. Uh, what's his name? Ruffin stuff. <laughs> well, his name is Sydney. Sydney Ruffin Davis or something like that. Well, it, it's a more punny name. I'll tell you, Sydney Ruff Diamond. Yeah, Sydney Ruff Diamond, yeah. who is the like British viceroy, governor, diplomat, who's kind of in charge of things, played by Sid James. Who is, of course, you know, like a super low class sounding guy. He's got like a like a like a very lower class accent, and is and that's part of the comedy, I imagine, is that he's not the sort of guy you would expect in the diplomat role. You'd expect somebody very posh. Mm-hmm. Ha 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 ha. And uh, then we've got, of course, his his counterpart, the Indian Kazi, played by an Indian man, right? Uh, 
No, I don't oh, think so. Kenneth Williams. Kenneth Williams, who is actually, I will say right off the bat, Kenneth Williams, you're wonderful. He oh, is, he's great. He is lovely in this role. Yep. He has such a wonderful, sonorous voice, this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, even doing a cartoon Indian accent. I mean, he's lovely. a poo. Yeah, he's basically he's a poo. Do, he's slightly... He's not quite as hard... Uh, to be fair, his accent is not as hard... To be fair. His accent is not as hard as a poo's accent. I mean, Hank, uh, Hank Azaria really does lean into it. Well, he did, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, he stepped away. Uh, we also have, Jason, another uh, a repeat. Uh, I didn't think we had anyone in this movie that we talked about before. But we actually have Joan Sims playing uh, Lady Joan Rough Diamond, mm-hmm. and she actually was in The Bells of St. Trinian's. She was one oh, of the teachers in that movie. right. She's yeah. the frumpy one. <laughs> yeah. And she in actually, India, we, we hold the cows sacred. You yeah, know. There's a lot of fat jokes I really, about it. I really got to not do that accent. I'm sorry, folks. I really got to <laughs> not do that accent. I promise. I'll try not to do I'll, it anymore. I'll promise you this. Jason's accent right there to... to uh, allow my... you to kind of experience the film was not as offensive as the one in the movie. No, no, but also my my white privilege over my life is just like, oh yeah, I can do whatever accent I want to do, and everybody else be damned. But maybe I should think about it once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, Jason. Hashtag uncancel. Uh, yeah, Joan Sims, and then all the other people are basically like carry on regulars. Like you yeah. mentioned, Whittles, Charles Hawtrey, Roy Castle as Captain Keen. I think this was actually Roy Castle's first appearance. Yeah, you know what, though? I got to say, uh, Kenneth Williams is the Kazi of Calabar. His name is Randy Lal, which there's a joke about that later. Um, he's maybe not. The, I don't think he's the most offensive one. No. I think the most offensive one is Bernard Breslau as Bungdit Din. Is he, is he the big guy with the mustache? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then there's also a guy that in the when they're doing that crowd scene that does that weird like... The levitation? Squ- what the levitation Not, guy? Well, him too. But there's also a guy that you know when they're yelling back and forth with the crowd, and that one guy's like, "Oh, we can't do that." He's literally doing like, "We can't do that." Like, yeah, you know, yeah. He's yeah. really like, yeah. He's holding his mouth back and doing the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, lots of that. Oh, Just yeah. saying that right off the bat, this and movie is not. This, this movie would. I don't think this can be re-released. No, not like this. No, and and it was. We were we were under no illusions that this would be anything but this. But I was still taken back by how much of it there was. Yeah, on on one hand, it's like wow, there's a lot of this. On the other hand, it's like well, they probably could have been worse. We've probably seen some worse portrayals of uh, people who are not the color of the actors that are playing them in the past. I mean, have we? Well, there was the there was that Sultan guy in was it was it Bells of Saint Trinians where he sent his daughter to the school. He yeah, was, he was pretty. Wasn't great. Uh, we got we got some of that in uh, in uh, Black Narcissus too. Yeah, Black Narcissus for sure. Yeah, with, with, uh, Esmond with, Knight. Yeah, Esmond Knight, and then his son. Although his son might have actually been a, a, an appropriate race for that role. No, he was Esmond Knight, not though. No, Esmond Knight, a Shakespearean actor, I believe. If it, we, uh, he was in uh, the uh, Richard the Fifth. No, yeah. Henry the Fifth. Henry the Fifth, because no, no Shakespearean actor has ever donned brownface, no, Lawrence Olivier, not. and Orson Welles. But of course, if if it really Shakespeare actors, I mean, the boys would play girls, so everybody's playing everybody else. Don't excuse it, Jason. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So carry on up the Kyber. I mean, what do you, the first thing? First thing is is this is a this feels to me like a very specific type of British comedy yeah. that gets referenced a lot. Yeah, like the raunchy, like the raunchy, over the top, double entendre, horny. Yeah, um, it's like Benny Hill. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It very much reminds me of a Benny Hill, or certainly a, a back to one of my core uh, British uh, shows. Uh, Are you being served? which was very much uh, a show that was based on dumb double entendres. And that was a hugely popular form of humor in Britain back then and even now. 
And I'm not going to pretend that I'm above it. I fucking love that sort of stuff. It's dumb and silly, but it, it makes me laugh. And there's some good lines in this movie uh, uh, in that style. And I want to start by just giving, I just want to give people an exa- a sample of like kind of how this, how the humor in this movie kind of plays out. This is the, this is one of the early scenes where um, we first get introduced to the Kazi yeah. and to Sydney and his wife and the Kazi's daughter as they're all watching this cricket game. Yeah. And, uh, and, but they're on different sides yeah. and they're kind of smiling. And keep in mind, while they're talking like this, they're smiling they're, at each yeah. other. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like so fake smiling both back at each other. Yeah. yeah. And this is the kind of dialogue we get. Who's the turban job on the throne? You mean the Kazi. That's Randy Lau. Who? Randy Lau, the Kazi of Calabar. Ooh. How'd you know he is then? How do I know he's what? That's his name. Ooh, he's very good looking, isn't he? Yeah, only the richest and most powerful Roger in northern India, that's all. <laughs> he's smiling at us. He'll smile back. <laughs> you don't have to go raving mad. My father, who are those people? That light of my darkness is Sir Sidney Rough Diamond, the British governor whose benevolent rule and wise guidance we could well do without. Oh, I say, he's a charming man, isn't he? Yes, I wouldn't trust him an inch. Neither would I. I didn't mean that. You don't like this man, my father? Light of my darkness, there is no mountain in all India high enough from which to adequately show my contempt of him. Well, why do you smile at him so favorably? Because in these days of British military supremacy, the Indian must be as a basket with two faces. I'd like to tell you something. He'd like to massacre me and every other Britisher in India. Well, then what do you keep smiling at him like that for, then? Because as a top-ranked British diplomatist, I'm as two-faced as he is. So there you go. That's the kind of, uh, and, and honestly, the whole time that was playing, Jason and I were laughing consistently. Yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah, funny. It is, it, it's funny dialogue. It, um, it, and again, it's, just, it's so silly. It's pun filled and, you know, she's mistaking that it, it, thinking he's, he's describing him as Randy, uh, which of course uh, we know that word because we've watched the Austin Power movies. And that's the only reason we know. That's the only reason we know it. I've never heard a person use Randy, I think, in real life to mean horny. Unless they were referencing Austin Powers. So raunchy. Mm. Raunchy, full of raunch, yeah. raunchosaurus. Everybody's Rex. horny. Everybody's super horny. Again, Benny Hill is yeah. the vibe I got. Especially, there's a scene in this movie, especially where, man, okay, there's so <laughs> many layers to unpack yeah. here because <laughs> at one point, so again, the the Kazi yeah. uh, is aware of the, this guy who didn't wear underwear, or yes. this guy who did wear underwear, rather. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, he wants because to, because the big guy had encountered him, and then he uh, fainted at some point, and he just he scared t- him. Started to take a look, and he yeah he take, he lifts up his coat and then he, or lifts up his kilt. Uh, and then starts laughing, and he's like, ha, 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 now we know. <laughs> right. So the Kazi is trying to get that information to the army to get them riled up and attack and take, you know, take India back and, and get get the British out. And so they're, so the British are trying to make sure that, that photo never gets seen because they don't want these people to attack them. So a bunch of them go undercover, 
and wear fake beards and, you know, brown up their skin, which is crazy because you're like, oh, we're supposed to think they're not convincing. But also, I don't think we think that the actors that are actually yeah. playing the army are convincing. So it's a weird I th- thing. I think that's part of the humor is that they're clearly not uh, uh, like that's the thing is that everybody else is in brown face and is made up as, as like to the best of the budget can uh, uh, allow. Whereas these guys are clearly in fake costumes. Well, their beards are literally falling off. Yeah. Yeah. The the. Uh, was his name the the Will? priest? Oh, the priest. Yeah. What was his name? Brother, I don't remember. Brethren, Mister Brother, Mister Brother, Mister Brother. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then the, the beards look like out of something out of Monty Python. Brother Belcher. Brother Belcher. Yes, Brother Belcher. Get Super it? horny, of course. Uh, I think we initially encounter him uh, uh, having his way with an Indian lady. Yeah. So well, that was the way they got them got him to help them. Yes. Right? Blackmail. Like if if anybody if anybody hears about this, you're done for as a preacher. Um, but. What I was going to say, have you never heard of Rasputin? Come on, guys. <laughs> um, but my point was, they all go undercover, and there's a scene where, the thing that's most Benny Hill to me is there's a scene where they encounter all these ladies, Yeah, and it's very like, oh, they're all like getting it on. They're they, chasing, he's Deny yourself nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's literally chasing the girl at one point around a pool. Yeah. Uh, and and this other thing is like, man, the racism in this movie, I, I know it's a... What well, it this, is, but I I believe that in some places in the world the 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 signals for yes and no are actually reversed. Okay, and so I that, was wondering what that. That's a bit. I, now I'm not sure if that is the case in India, but it is a bit that they go with in this movie that when they're like nodding their head. Wasn't that yeah. supposed to be the Afghan? I don't think that's in, supposed to be India though. I no, think no, that's the well, Afghanistan. The Khyber Pass is like is like the entrance that takes you into India from Afghanistan, I believe. But that's what they say about the people from Afghanistan, though. Oh, is that what? Because they say? the Kazi is confused about it too. Yeah. <laughs> as uh, as we hear about in this scene where the Kazi is trying to address. Uh, the Afghanistan army uh, being helped well. by Bungdit Din because he's not sure about their responses. We are honored today by a visit of the great and powerful Raja from across the mountains, the Kazi of Karabakh. <laughs> what happened? What did I do wrong? It is all right, Highness. It is only their way of showing pleasure. Oh, I'd hate to be around when they show anger. Purpose! Listen to the Kazi and listen well, for he offers the chance of great glory to you all. You have heard your great leader, Bandit In of Jaxi. I come to you today from my country across the mountains because I need help. And it has long been known that you, the Burpas, are the greatest fighters in all Afghanistan. Warriors who are fearless on the battlefield and whose very name makes their enemies tremble with fear. What's he giving them? What we term in ecclesiastical circles, Captain, a bit of the old flannel. That is why I have come to you, to offer you the opportunity to make much money and even greater glory. I wish they wouldn't do that. Do not worry, Highness. They show much pleasure. If they hit you, it will only be an accident. Oh, that's very reassuring. So they're like, yeah, they're straight up like showing their approval by firing guns at him. <laughs> and and almost hitting him. And I love how the, the, there's a funny, de- the funny detail in that scene is that everyone else in that podium doesn't budge. No. Like they're just, they're just like, ah, whatever. If it hits it's us, like, it hits that's us. That's what they do. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so I wondered about that because when they said that everything was like uh, like opposite or backwards, I was yeah. like, oh, are they saying it's yeah, like a I backwards mean, I'm sure culture? there's some racism to it, but again, I don't yeah. know if it's specifically in India, but I have heard that that is the case in some places. It's just it's just cultures develop differently and you get different uh, different uses of the head. <laughs> Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to the forehead. We should send them a bill. I don't think they exist anymore, but we well, should send them a bill. they should still be paying if we're advertising. By the way, folks, I don't know if you knew this, but that shit doesn't actually work. What even is it? Uh, it was, uh, you would apply it directly to the forehead. Well, I'm aware of that, but what does it do? <laughs> you would apply it directly to the forehead. No, but what, what purpose does it serve? You would apply it directly to the forehead. I hate you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, but Jason, it's funny you mentioned because we mentioned like you know, is it a little bit racist? Is it a little bit because is it a little bit racist? No, no, no. Oh, okay. The thing we were just talking about, yeah. like, is that a, is that racist? The backwards thing, or is it like you know, it's something that does exist. It's a cultural difference, but given they're using it for comedy, maybe it is racist. Like it does exist in some cultures, yeah. but well, my question is because do you think this movie takes like a political stance either way? No, I don't think so. Beyond a pro-British political stance, no. Do you think it's pro-British, though? I mean, in, in the sense that it's British people making it. Because I, I mean, think it's it, very... they are dumb. That's the thing, is that they look dumb in the movie, too. It's, not, did... like they're, it's not like they're necessarily portrayed as completely right. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask. Because, I mean, ultimately, they obviously do succeed, because whatever. But, 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 but I was going to but... say, one could argue, too, that it's pro-British in the sense that it is kind of making fun of this, what is a very serious issue for Indians that live through the Raj. It, it is. But also, what I'm, I'm wondering is is, like... I think it. I think it almost does that, and I know this doesn't have this doesn't carry a good name in 2021. But it's like that both sides thing. Yeah, where it's like you know, uh, well, it's like, like Zulu, like how Zulu did Zulu, a both sides scene. Mm, I well, feel like Zulu, but I feel like Zulu stayed away from the politics for the most part. Well, I mean, as as much Zulu as you can, Dawn. I, yeah. was much different. I say, as much as you can avoid the politics in the situation of a colonial war. But that's the thing. I, Zulu doesn't even mention that. Yeah. Zulu is strictly about the men on the field. It is, and it, and it, but I say it does have the both sides-ism in that we had this idea. Like, even though we never really get much from the Zulus as characters, they are, like, respected by the end of the movie and portrayed and that, as an equal enemy, and that's a whole other and, kettle and, of worms. And that happened in real life. <laughs> they had a song yeah. off. Yeah, they sang Men of Harlock. Hey, that movie's great, but, you know, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, I guess the, yeah, both sideism in the sense that everybody's dumb, but like, you know, like. Because, I mean, you know, we get that character and they even make fun of him later where he's like, you know, keep a stiff upper lip. And then at one point he, they, th- they, they predict that he's about to say it. He says something else and then he says it after yeah, that. I was like say that anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, we get that. And I mean, the, the big joke at the end, which we'll get to later. But um, I don't know. And then they also have the part where. When when this whole thing happens and they're kind of announcing like, oh shit, if this picture gets out, the Afghanistan army will attack us. We'll yeah. be we'll probably get thrown out of India. He tells um, somebody tells Sydney Rough Diamond about this and says it in the way that like you know they're going to attack us. And he's like, well, I don't know. And he's like, well, they you know they could drive us out of India. And he's like, ah, you know. And then he's like, you'll lose your cushy job. Right. We need to do something right away. Yeah. So it's it, that is a b- pretty big slight on the British too. It's yeah. like that 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 thing where it's like, "Oh, I don't give a fuck about this conflict, but lose my easy mon- easy paying job." Recognizing the the inherent like exploitation of it, I suppose, to privilege. Some it's certainly on an individual level. White British privilege, yeah. <laughs> I think too. Uh and, and yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it I feel like this is definitely, you know, a very silly movie. Yes. But I think that can disguise 
political points. Yeah. Like, I don't think that necessarily means that mo- this movie's not making a statement. Yeah, I mean, it was ma- certainly making some sort of a statement at the time. And and if you were to remake it, you would probably be making a slightly different statement in a different way. Yeah, I feel like you would hire actual well, actors of color. That would be yeah, number that would one. Be job number one. They would be the heroes, number yeah. two. Yeah, they would be the good guys, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, rather than this... The, but, I mean, this is also the formula, as I understand, of the carry-on movies. It is about a bunch of scrappy characters that achieve some ridiculous goal over the course of the movie. And I also... The other thing that really stuck out for me is this movie feels like a precursor to, to like, the Zucker movies. Yeah. It, it doesn't it feel like... Because there were bits... It, it's there was, not nearly that joke-dense, but it feels like it's something... Like a step on the way toward that. It's like the British version of that joke-dense, yeah. though, because every almost every line is some kind of turn of phrase yeah. or something. Like, there is, a, there is a line in this movie that I swear to God, Jerry Zucker just took, yeah. almost. You know the line in Airplane where he says, like, you know, we have to get these people to a hospital. Yeah. What is oh, it? Oh, you mean... What is it? Oh, it's a big building where they keep a sick people. Big building with <laughs> patients. Yeah, but that's not... But there's a line where he's like, you know, somebody says, oh, maybe they'll, they'll show their the flag of truce and somebody says flag of truce wonder what that is and someone says well it's a piece of white material <laughs> like you know it, it, that just feels like, like the exact same yeah, joke and, and that, I, maybe I, that's not like I don't know if they started that joke I was joke, gonna say that, that joke probably goes back to like vaudeville like that's a very vaudevillian type of uh, joke but the fact that it's in this kind of movie yeah. and then it shows up in that kind of movie in America like I mean Jerry Zucker probably watched these right I mean, absolutely. I, I feel like this would have influenced those guys, yeah, because they would have taken like kind of this comedy and then tightened it further, like, and, and just made it even denser with the jokes. Yeah, because I mean, like before night before Kentucky Fried movie, I don't know that there was a whole lot of American movies like that. Not certainly not like like that would be like the the what was, we think of as the Zucker Abrams Zucker style of comedy. Yeah, like there were screwball comedies, but mm. I don't think there was anything like. I guess maybe the Marx Brothers would come the closest in a lot of ways, like where you had these turns of phrase and this fast kind of dialogue that uh, would later show up in airplane movies. Marx Brothers for sure, but that's also like a different kind of thing, I think. Yeah, but definitely in that lineage. Yeah. By the way, Duck Soup, check it out. It's Mm. great. The the movie, not the soup. No. I can't, I I don't know if it's good or not. I bet you it's greasy. I wouldn't want to eat duck. I would like to try it. No, ducks are too cute. Folks, if you want to send us some duck a l'orange so that we can eat it on the podcast, please do. I won't eat it. Well, I'll eat it, and I'll just be like, you put, I know you people love it when, when you eat on a podcast. I was going to say earlier off podcast, Brendan, but I'll say it now since we're here. We should do a steak cast. I don't want to eat on a podcast. Yeah, we get big fucking steaks and potatoes and rolls, and we eat them on the podcast, and we talk about how good it is. People would love that. I'm just going to say this, though. When you said that, I thought about how much I just wanted to eat steak. And I mean, yeah, and, and it would be an excuse to eat steak and record it. Yeah, <laughs> record it <laughs> for all the people to hear. Content, baby. <laughs> oh, man. So the other influence I thought I, I, I noticed in this movie is Joan Sims' performance. And I know this is not her first Carry On mm. movie, so I feel like she's got this very boisterous, yeah. you know, Big woman energy. Yeah. Um, felt very Shelley Winters to me. Yes. Uh, Shelley Winters. What, what about, um, what was that movie with the lady that sang in the bar? Oh, what was it? The, the, God damn duets. it. Duets. No, no. It was Huey a movie Lewis. we watched. It was a British movie and the lady, she was a big boisterous lady and she sang in the bar. and Wild Mountain Time. God damn it. Oh, we've seen too many movies, Brendan. It's hard to keep track the of crying them Crying game. God, one sec. Was it, what do you mean? God just damn it. I don't oh, know. Wait, are you talking about Hermione Baddeley singing in Brighton Rock? 
Or they're yeah, all together? maybe. Maybe it was her in Brighton Rock, where she was like a character that was kind of in the background for... Yeah, yeah, it was Brighton Rock, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and she's yeah, singing... Brassy, kind of like... like she's singing like in a group, and she's singing about how men can take her home and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. reminds me of that, for sure. And and that's like a kind of this, this like, I don't want to say frumpy, but like a bigger woman who's also very outgoing, mm-hmm. um, generally with like kind of a lower class, maybe northern accent, you know, uh, like, like and da- down to pound, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, like Mrs. Slocum from Are You Being Served, similarly. I don't know that she was necessarily down to pound, but she, you know, she always talked about her pussy, and she had a northern accent, was very outgoing and boisterous and loud, and I, I you know, it, it's just, it, and, and you see that in American stuff, too, like the brassy broad. It's a classic stereotype. Would you would argue uh, maybe Melissa McCarthy sometimes does yeah, a version can, of that? Yeah, but but she's she's so much more than that, certainly. But she could do that for sure. Oh, but I mean, I think Shelley Winters and Joan yeah, Sims are more than absolutely. that, too. Shelley it's Winters, just, for sure. They're very good at this particular kind of character. Mm-hmm. She had her tits out. <laughs> not in this movie. Well, I mean, not not all the way out, but she had her tits like... Because like, remember when the dude's like taking the fucking uh, like, uh, jewels and shit off her? Oh, it was the brother, or it was the father, the parson, whatever his name was, uh, uh, b- b- the bee. Sure. But, you know what I mean, the guy with the bee, his name was the bee. Brother, father. Oh, brother Belcher. That's the guy, Belcher. Yeah. yeah. Well, that wasn't with that wasn't with Joan Sims, it was just with one of the ladies that he was boning in that Oh, that wasn't Joan Sims? No, 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 oh. no. Joan Sims is... Cause oh, she's, she's the wife, right, right. Yes. It was another brassy broad. Joan, Joan Sims play, is playing Lady Rough Diamond. Right. She's attracted to... Uh, she she specifically reminds me of Mrs. Slocum because she, she talks like this and, and she's she, like, oh, I see. Yeah, and she's very attracted to the Kazi. Yes. Um, the Kazi wants no part of her because, like you said, he says cows are sacred well, in India. And as we later learn, he's got, what, like 51 wives, I think? Yeah, in a great, like, okay, that's one of my... <laughs> I got to talk about that bit because it's a great scene where... Um, we we assume, or Sydney at least assumes, and he's been told that his wife has gone off with the Kazi because yeah. she sells him out. Basically, they're, what they do is to prove that they're that they all don't wear underwear. They get all the the guys to like lift their kilts up, yeah. and to their horror, discover that everyone's wearing underwear. Yeah. She takes a picture, mm-hmm. which you think at first is for sex reasons, but yeah. it's not. She gives it to the Kazi. And then the assumption is that she's gone off with the Kazi and she's made love with him and everything. And so Sydney is very dist- I mean, he's distraught. I mean, he doesn't really like her very much, yeah. but he's distraught. I, more for his own reputation. And then <laughs> the Kazi's like 51 wives, one by one, come over to Sydney and quote unquote right the wrong, meaning he bones all of them. He gets up to like wife number 13. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to have a bit of Tiffin. And he closes the door. Yeah. So what does that mean? Tiffin. Sex, I guess. Well, okay. So uh, to our British listeners, if there's any of you out there, can you enlighten us what this specifically means? Because I looked up Tiffing and it's just said arguing like you're in a tiff. I feel like there must be more than one meaning. Yeah. Well, because they they use it again in another scene and it's definitely not referencing that. Maybe it's just a double entendre. Yeah, It could just be a funny, a funny word to use. I don't know. Folks, if you could explain this joke to us and and because we're both really stupid, please do. (laughs) We're very uh, North American. Uh, but yeah, Sid James, a.k.a. Sydney, uh, bones a lot of ladies off screen. Apparently, also, everybody on this movie got only got paid like 5,000 pounds. for which, like, Which, to be fair, as I understand, was like, you know, the average salary of a British worker in those years, like a, a yearly salary. But, but not a but, lot for a, but an, yes, an actor. For this sort of a gig. Princi- principal actor. Yeah. And, yeah, and like lead. each of these movies. So like as they get more and more popular... Jason, make no mistake about it. This might be obscure to American audiences, but this was the second most popular British film in 1968. Yeah, and this was number 16 in the series. How many series has number 16 be the like, be like, you know, like one of the best 
remembered versions of that. I mean, Fast and Furious can get there. Uh, hold on a sec. What was the 16th James Bond movie? I thought you were going to ask me what the 16th Fast and Furious movie was. And I was like, Jason, don't get ahead of me. One, six, one furious. <laughs> Fast and Furious 16, colon, why are we still doing this? Vin Diesel will be in his 80s. Oh, God, at least. So the 16th Bond movie, by comparison, is Licensed to Kill. I don't know anything about that one. Is that yeah. Timothy Dalton? That's Timothy Dalton, yeah. It, it, I, I've seen it. I don't remember much about it, so that probably speaks to what kind of movie it was. Yeah. Um I wanna get I wanna get another uh I wanna get another scene in here with just with the example of the uh of the because I mean I think these are all very talented comic actors and one of, this is one of my favorite scenes where Sydney and uh the Kazi are going back and forth. Like he's trying to he's trying to get him to smooth the whole thing over about the guy wearing underwear. Like, let's not let that get out there. And uh and they're having this conversation. I just think that's a lot of fun. Your excellency, your presence enriches my humble home. May the benevolence of the god Shivu bring blessings on your house. And on yours. And may his wisdom bring success in all your undertakings. And in yours. And may his radiance light up your life. And up yours. Your Excellency is most kind. May I have the honor to present my daughter, the Princess Jelly. An appropriate name for one set in so perfect a mold. <laughs> oh, yeah. I must beg your excellency not to lavish too much of his excruciating wit on us. Yes. May I present Captain Keane, Sergeant Major McNutt? I have already seen Captain Keane on the polo field. He is very pretty. Thank you, Princess. I have also seen you. You are very pretty, too. Thank you. You would like to embrace me? Not yet. Not before Tiffin, daughter. Gentlemen. Please be seated. Tiffin is an Eng Indian English word for a type of meal. It refers to a light tea time meal about 3 p.m. or to a light breakfast consisting of typical tea time foods. So it's a specific meal reference and obviously used as a metaphor. For uh, eating pussy? Sure. Or for having sex. Because like when uh, early but on... I don't know though, Jason, because you, you said it's a reference to a meal. That yeah. kind of makes me think that he was talking about going down on her. Well, but I mean, I feel like it's used in different situations where we're having tiffin, like, meaning we're like, we're, we're getting busy. Racially insensitive, sexually progressive. Yeah. That should be the slogan of the Carry On films. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a, a, a an assembly of jokes i mean this is this is i think less because uh, i mean i want to I, I thought of life of brian sometimes mm -hmm. when i a little bit when i watched this movie monty python yeah. i think those movies are far more clever uh, agreed but <laughs> but this movie i think definitely funny yeah. i laughed a lot uh, I'll say I did. I mean, obviously, the Carry On movies laid down a lot of groundwork as far as like doing historical parodies um, with very small budgets. Yeah. This movie had a very small, bu like this movie uh, about two hundred thousand pounds, yeah. two hundred sixty thousand pounds. I mean, that's nothing. that's not a lot. But when you, I guess when you're paying your principals five thousand quid a piece, uh, then you well, can five thousand pounds a piece, yeah. <laughs> quid. quid, five thousand quid. Oh, is it the same thing? Yeah, okay. it's quid is slang. It's like it's like same bucks. I don't know. By the way, Jason, I think you would appreciate this, but I just watched a movie. This has nothing to do with this, where the villain, uh, his his basic evil plan was creating one uh, one uh, one coin for all of Europe. And I said, "Oh, so, so the, the euro." euro. <laughs> but, but this is seven years before the euro was a thing. Only seven years. Only seven years. So in seven years, 
so you watch that movie now and you're like, well, I guess like he's evil because he wants to be the ruler of Europe with this coin, but sure. he's just kind of making the euro. And and w- w- was the writer of the film a conspiracy theorist who had read that the euro was like an idea that was being developed, and he was like, ah, they're gonna take over. I I, I sincerely doubt it. And it was also <laughs> an American film starring Richard Grieco. If looks could kill, check it out on your local Sky box office. Probably don't. No, it's pretty fun. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, Jason, what were we talking about? Uh, Carry on on up the the Kyber. Kyber. Yeah. Let's continue this discussion. Sure, sure. Hit me. Again, it's it's hard. It's hard to really okay. So I was comparing it to Monty Python a little bit. The thing, I mean, the scene where he's talking. We heard the earlier clip where he's talking, and the Afghan army are like shooting up at him and yeah. everything. That scene reminded me a lot of that scene in yeah. Life of Brian, where they're like, "What should I do with Brian? How should I punish him?" Yeah. Um, so I feel like the Monty Python guys like had to have some knowledge of this. Oh, yeah. But no, uh, but absolutely, it, it this long, they, they would have definitely gone and seen these movies at some yeah. point because they were popular enough. But it does feel like a different kind of com- yeah. British comedy. Like, yeah, P- Python was much more. I, you would argue more, more literate, I suppose, with their history. It feels smarter. Yeah, it does feel smarter. But it feels I mean, more, you more... couldn't. You couldn't not be inspired by this sort of thing. Like I say, they've done a lot of different historical parodies. I think, years. and I think the Python movies make stronger political points. Yes, absolutely. Um, this movie does dwell in that a bit, but the Python, there's no mistaking what their take is. Yeah, I think. Like you know, when we when we talked about Life of Brian, we talked about how they were talking about the uh, the the party that John Cleese is with. Yeah. Um, you know how they're oh, very pe- people's friend of Judea. Yeah, and how they're very indecisive. Yeah. Like they mean well, yeah. but they're not accomplishing anything. No. Like there's stuff like that. Whereas in this movie, I think it's just like, oh man, they're all wearing brown face. Like, <laughs> what are we saying here? <laughs> um, but it, and and um, I mean, it's also that thing. It's like you know, it's like kids in the hall. I don't think kids in the hall ever did a sketch where they were wearing brown face. No. I don't well, recall I that. Well, I mean, uh, there's got to be one. There's got to be one. I can't think of any. It's a, I feel like if you look into any sketch show's history, maybe pre a certain year, you're going to find some brown face at some point. It's possible. I don't think there was, but maybe. But I'm just saying that it's like it's like kids in the hall where like we have these five guys mm. and they're just going to play all the roles. Yeah. That's what it feels like with carry on. like, we have these yeah. like 10 guys. <laughs> we have all these white people and, and they're going to play every role. Like probably one lady, like yeah. Joan Sims is probably the only reoccurring female for the most part. She was in like 24 of the movies. Yeah. Um, and, and they're just going to play all the roles. Uh, like, like <sighs> the Kazi's daughter though, was she racially appropriate? I don't know. I don't think so, tell. but it's hard to tell. Well, that was my assumption because, makeup is because just so good. any of the speaking roles seem to be, you know, white British people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they won the war, so they're allowed to, right? Uh, do you mean the War of Indian Independence? The winners, I think the name of the war would imply otherwise. The winners rewrite history. <laughs> Thank, ladies and gentlemen, you're winners of the Indian Independence War, Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You're making some enemies on this podcast, Brendan. I'm just kidding. You guys are great. Hindu nationalists are coming for you. Globalists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, them too. I also want to talk... Okay, obviously we need to listen to a little bit of the ending of this movie because it... I mean, that is the most obvious satire in the movie, I think, is at at this point the army has seen the picture. They know that this, you know, these these kilt people uh, wear underwear so Mm -hmm. they're not scared of them anymore. So they come into attack and as a last ditch effort, Sydney Rough Diamond says, "You know what? We're going to behave like British people. We're going to uh, not pay attention until the situation is out of hand and we can't control it any longer." So they get all stuffy and they have themselves a dinner. So yep. what you'll hear is them enjoying their dinner while 
chaos is ensuing outside. <laughs> and not every British person, just the ruling class. Yeah, yeah exactly. The soldiers are fighting for their lives. All the lower class soldiers are out there, yeah, fighting with the uh, insurrection. And meanwhile, they're having dinner. Yeah. As chaos reigns. So let's listen. So you and the princess plan to get married, eh, Captain? That's right, sir. Oh, I do love a wedding. Yeah, good show. Of course, I shall put the residency at your disposal. Well, that's uh, jolly kind of you, sir. What's left of it? What? I said, what's left of it? Oh, hey, oh, yes. Wait, you sure that's making note? Will it have this room redecorated? Yes, sir. The termites, you know. So will your mothers and father be coming in? More work, Tindy, get me some more work. This one's a bit off. Um, so I just want to point out in that scene where you heard Joan Sims say, I seem to have got a little plastered because a piece of wall plaster falls yeah. on her head. It was improvised. Oh, nice. She just said it and they kept it in. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. So of course, you, everybody's playing along with this game except for uh, Belcher. Who's Brother Belcher like freaking who's out. freaking the fuck out as anyone would. Yeah, yeah, as a normal person would in that situation. I feel like he's our in. <laughs> He's her guy that we're like, yeah, because they have you have to have one person, yeah. that's outside of the insanity, or else ultimately, it's just, it's, ultimately the straight man, yeah, it's just, or else it's just too esoteric, like it's too conceptual. I it's, guess it's weird in this situation where the straight man is the guy that's going the like most nuts. But that's how the normal person would react. He's also the crazy religious guy. Yeah. That's the funny part, too, is that the, the one guy that's showing, like, you know, is this, nobody know what's going on here is the crazy religious dude. And then in the, and then in the movie, um, eventually, you know, Sydney is like, oh, tch, I better step out, I guess. Yes. In, in one scene, hilarious scene, one of the guys goes, goes up to him with a sword yeah. and raises it. And, and he, he just casually Indiana shoots Jones him. him. Yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones is him. He casually Jones. pulls out his pistol and shoots him in the thigh, it seems like. And then the ultimate plan is that they all lift up their kilts and, oh, they're not wearing underwear now. So the Afghanistan army just runs off, yep. as does the Kazi. He's terrified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's some ter- no. Terrifyingly shriveled white wangs that yeah. they don't want to look at. They all run away. And, and then the movie ends with a weird thing that we need to get into because okay. it ends with uh, the priest is outside by himself. And he looks up at the sky, and there's the, the flag, and it says, I'm backing Britain. Yeah. And he says, uh, of course, they're all raving mad, you know. But the I'm backing Britain was a campaign, right, yeah. in 1968, I believe, in the year this movie came out. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm backing Britain was a, a brief patriotic campaign. Um which was like flourishing in 1968 when the yeah. movies came out, basically, you know, boosting the uh, the British economy. Um, it started with uh, there was five secretaries who volunteered to work an extra half hour each day without pay to boost productivity. Motherfuckers. And tried to urge others to do the same. Uh, it, it it got an enormous response because you know this is patriotic to do for your yeah, country. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, and, and it became a nationwide movement. Of course, unions were very suspicious of this kind of thing and outright Absolutely. accusatory of it being you know free labor. Like this isn't this isn't good at all. 
uh, <laughs> it did receive official endorsement by the prime minister, Mr. Harold Wilson. But uh, it, eventually, you know, it kind of it kind of fizzled out because people people realized this is not a uh, this is not a good thing. Um, it, it's become to be regarded as an iconic example of a failed attempt to transform British economic prospects. So is this movie in support of that? No, I think it's making fun of it. Is uh, it the fact that it's in there at the end? I think it's like a shot at it. Okay, because yeah, he, uh, he, and, and I mean, like leading up to that, like I said, all the ruling class are having dinner. The working class are doing all the work. They're dying. We yeah. see them dying and and killing and exactly. Everything. And and of course, backing Britain, you know, working unpaid hours for your corporate masters, for your private masters, who are making money off it. Uh, how much extra work do you think they're doing for free? Fucking right. none. Yeah, I'm glad you took. Usually, I'm the history guy, but you you filled me in on that, and I'm glad because I didn't know well, that, that was a contemporary reference. Well, I was wondering, like when I when I when I read that, I was like, oh, surely Jason must know something about this. No. But I said, I better I better just to cover my cover my bases, get something, and yeah, no, thank I, you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Joan Sims, of course, the the not the only female character. Like we mentioned, the wives who yeah. are just there to I well, guess. Have yeah, sex. we didn't mention and the so- daughter. Kazi's daughter. Kazi's daughter. We, we didn't mention though about the wives. So because I, I think we started on this, but we didn't we didn't get to it because um, we assume that that Sid's wife has gone off with the the Kazi. Uh, the Kazi's like best wife comes to see him and is like, "Look, uh, you've been wronged, and I would like to right that wrong." Yeah, no, we mentioned that. Oh, did we? Yeah. The whole and then the sequence of like the girls showing yeah. up and then yeah, he works his way through at least nine of them. Thirteen, I believe. Uh, Thirteen before yeah. the wife comes back and is like, "Who's in the closet?" <laughs> oh, and then we yeah we have that bit where she's like, "I never had sex with the Kazi," and then the girl pops out of the closet and says, "I am sorry, I I have disgraced you or something. I, I have I righted did. a wrong that wasn't wrong or yeah, something." And yeah, she runs out. Yeah. And they and they have a, a comical fight, mm-hmm. but they're not going to break up because he's no. rich. And they're white and they're British and that didn't happen back then, at least on TV <laughs> or in movies. That's right. Before we even talk, like we'll talk about our opinions, obviously, on this movie. But I think the argument can be made, quality or not, that either this stays at something like 99 on the list mm. or even just not on it. Because I think this is a movie that would not play today at all no, no 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 like i think there's there i mean it's not birth of a nation no no but no, no, no certainly every person of color is Th- a this is, is a movie that you would have to remake obviously in a different way but i think could be done but would still be a a touchy subject uh, to make a movie about like the in, you know the british occupation of india in such a flippant and comedic way well this movie was banned in britain during the iraq war or during the gulf war sorry because they basically just said uh you know we 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 didn't want to we didn't want to harp too much on British international military presence, <laughs> is, is what they said. So they they weren't showing this on TV because wow. it, it was a staple on British TV for a while. And then during that time, they said we're just gonna leave it off for a bit. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So and and like I said, the cast five thousand pounds per principal, just principals. They deserve more. We should pay them more. And then I realize they're probably all dead. So <laughs> that's not. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Williams actually talked about in his in his uh, in his diaries too. He's got some published diaries, and he talked about how he had a fondness for the series as a whole, but he was very uh, very critical of some of the movies they made. <laughs> so so maybe maybe parts of this is what he uh, maybe well, he was a little uncomfortable. You got thirty two movies in a series. Uh, well, thirty one, I guess, when he was alive because they're died all winners. In 88. But yeah, there's got to be some some clunkers in there. 
I mean, I think we know that there are probably more than good ones. Yeah, yeah. But Jason, I, think- is, I was going to say this is a movie that that being on the BFI list is is if nothing else, it is representative of the importance of this series to British film. It is and um, pop culture, and I and I uh, yeah, and I, I would argue for it to opinions aside, I would argue in this case for it to stay, just because we have talked about movies that have questionable morals hmm. um, that maybe wouldn't play today that we said should still stay because they're an important part yeah. of the culture, um, but. Yeah, that's just, I think it's an interesting thing to kind of think about. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. you guys can decide and let us know. That's right. Um, but do you have any other big things you want to talk about? No, I, I probably have some notes and bits and bobs, and we'll get to that then. Well, then we're going to take a brief break and listen to our uh, sponsors, and we will be right back. Age of Radio. <laughs> If bits and bobs could kill, dun, 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 you would be laying on the floor, dun, 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 you would be begging me, please, 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 give me some bits and bobs, some more, more, with Jason and Brendan. Hi. Hi. This is my segment, Bits and Bobs. I said, that's why I put your name first. Uh, at the beginning of my notes, I wrote, finally, here we go. <laughs> yes. Onward. Some some bad rear projection right into the gate. Uh, the riding on the back of an elephant, and uh, it doesn't look great. Did you notice that the title was "Carry On Up the Khyber" or the British position in India? Yeah, which is which is actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> fart <laughs> joke. Not even a minute into the movie. That's right. The elephant farts. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I like the line. So we we saw it in a clip, but where he says, uh, 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 but, uh, "Whose benevolent and wise rule we could well do without," made me chuckle while smiling. Yes, yes. Um, a dick is a sporin. No, no. A sporin, Brendan. Uh, when you see a kilt and you see on the front of the kilt, there's like a pocket. Like it's it's, it's like almost like a fanny pack that's on the pot. Usually, it has fur on it and decoration. Uh, that is a sporin. Okay, because he, uh, when he said sporn, I thought he was talking about Cause, his Because he said, well, that's the joke, though, is because he says, oh, it's me dangler. And he's like, stop calling it a dangler. It's a sporn. Oh, I think he's talking about his dick, but it actually he's talking about a sporn. Whittle puts a hot water uh, heater yes. uh, in front of his dick. Yes. Well, it's cold. Yeah. But he's wearing underwear. Yeah. So many double entendres in the course of this movie. I feel like Whittle is a major inspiration for a certain kind of character, too. Yeah. That yeah. bumbling nerdy guy. Bumbling nerdy, nebbish. Uh, he's, he's sort of a, uh, a pre-Woody Allen, uh, maybe. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, certainly hope not. <laughs> but uh, uh, Like, yeah, the, the, the nerdy guy who's also almost, I don't know, I, I don't want to say he's coded gay, but he's got this, like, kind of femininity to him, I guess, that is played for comedy. There is cross-dressing in this movie, a British comedy staple. Yeah, well, certainly. You couldn't have a British comedy without some fella in a dress. Right. Ah. Uh, there's also the joke where someone says, uh, as, as if they are taxis, someone says, call me an elephant. And then, of course, the wife says, you're an elephant. <laughs> um, so the wife, as we said, was into the Indian prince, uh, Kazi, the Kazi, I suppose. I wrote Indian prince. I didn't know his, his title at that He point. was Randy. Randy, how did, how yes, Randy. She's into Randy. Uh, and at one point, he says, "Our bodies entwined in Oriental fashion." Mm. She's like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then she, and then he says of her husband, "Before many days, he will be dead." And she's like, "Oh, well, that's all right then." <laughs> yeah, she has no problem with him dying. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. With it, but then when it comes to later, when when the Kazi's daughter is like, "No, he intends to kill you too," as soon as he gets that picture yeah. 
of all the men in the underwear, and then you're going to die the death of a thousand cuts. Which Jason, that is a that real is a re- thing. That and and we talked about that on my other podcast. Yeah. I believe they threaten that in the movie The Conqueror. Oh, that's right. Yeah, death of a thousand cuts. So just it's, it basically just means a slow death that is usually done by just slicing off tiny pieces of a person at, at a time. Which is this movie, or is The Conqueror more racist? Oh, I mean, like well, Conqueror, I I think there's... this movie was more well-meaning. Yeah, I think the Conqueror's more racist. I mean, John Wayne is in it, and I feel there's, like he didn't there, have any... There's no any... fun there. No. no. Nobody seems to be having a good time, and it's because they were being irradiated. And, and <laughs> yeah, that movie was so bad it gave people cancer. That's right. Guys, if you have to see one racist movie, maybe this one over the Conqueror. Yeah. Or uh, I guess maybe Short Circuit. <laughs> sure. Short Circuit 2. They really lean into it more, and he's the main character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get the the jab they make towards the rank organization? Yeah, I did enjoy that. I thought that was quite funny. I the, didn't realize till the end of the movie when I saw that it was produced by the rank organization. But yeah, because because and we've watched many movies produced by the rank organization. And it's just a man like banging a gong at the that's, beginning. That's their production logo. Yeah. yeah, just a dude banging a gong. And so there's a gong in the movie, and the guy hits it, and I think Sid James says something uh, like, Kazi, "Oh, Kazi says, oh, rank stupidity." Yeah, rank stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun shot at the production company that makes your movie. Well, I mean, how many times have we heard the Simpsons make fun of Fox? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also like the joke about uh, about how when <laughs> when Kazi's like mul- the the Kazi's multiple wives, and he said he tells the princess like, "Go see your mother," and she, she's like, "Um," and he's like, "Oh, she's the one with uh, with number thirty two yeah. stamped on her back." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun harem jokes back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, I, I love when they walk in on the, there's like a big massacre, like all these dead people are on the ground and he's like, hmm, I suspect a bit of foul play. <laughs> right. Um, also, the latter end of the basket gag was like classic vaudeville cartoon shit where they go into this like basket and it's like, we need a, we, we need to get up there. And so he pulls out a snake and then uh, a snake, you know, and then it's like, no, we got a ladder and he pulls the ladder out of the basket and it's clearly too big to fit in the basket. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and then the girl, his assistant hides in there later, too. And yes. It's like, obviously, she would not fit in there. Clearly. Yeah, that uh, character, by the way, pretty offensive. Uh, we've we have caught them with their pants up because mm-hmm. they're wearing underwear. That made me laugh. That's ah. a uh, oh, and and when they're when they're so they're getting attacked by the natives, and of course they fucked up all their guns. It's like, oh no, the Maxim gun's still working, and they go to like you know use it. Maxim gun's a machine gun that you turn with a hand crank. They start turning it, and they start hearing music, and they open up the clip, and there's a record in there. Yeah. <laughs> So silly. So it, it, one thing that really struck me, and I, I mean, of course, we talked about people wearing brown face. We talked about that. this movie is pretty insensitive. Um, they get really in bad with the when the actual soldiers from Afghanistan. Some of them are like missing teeth. Some of them are like are, are, like unintelligible when they speak. Yeah, they're like, all meth addicts, right? I assume. Uh, there was another line. I keep telling you, your ladyship, it isn't as if anything that has happened to you. And then the response is, well, that's the problem. <laughs> She's very horny. She's very, very horny. Another British comedy staple, Jason. There's a fast-forward chase scene. Yes, yes, Benny Hill style. We mm-hmm. we, we undercrank the cameras so we get a super fast like a uh, uh, chase scene. There's one joke that stands out to me as super lazy because I like a lot. I think I laughed a lot at this movie and I thought a lot of the jokes were pretty funny, as raunchy and silly as they were. But there's one joke where they say, you know, fire at will, and someone's like, oh, what's wrong with Will? What did he ever do? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> But yeah. maybe that was fresh at the time. Yeah, I'm I don't sure. Know. It was brand new. Yeah. Uh, uh, at one point, they're trying to figure out what to do, and the response is, do, Captain? We're British. We won't do anything. Until it's too late. Until it's too late. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> where they decide to have dinner. They also, there's a, there's another line in, in later on in that scene where 
um, Bungdit, I think it's Bungdit Din who makes a reference to like uh, now you'll n- now uh, says something about, but he references a, a, a ban in Britain where they ban turbans on buses. Oh really? Yeah, he says now. Now, uh, what do you think about banning turbans on buses? And that was a real thing. Wow. Um, in that time period, well, the time period that it happened, and uh, yeah, so that was a pretty th- that, was, that was a pretty big thing. <laughs> well, I suppose it was only like thirty years ago in this country that there was like a lot of controversy when a Sikh real- member joined the RCMP and and wanted to wear a turban. I just want to stop for a second. Sorry. That definitely didn't happen in 1895. I don't know why I said it like that. No, that was happening in 1968 at the yeah, time. Yes. Contemporary reference for sure. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, at one point, I think one of the Indians guys said, "One of the Indian guys says, I, they think they own the place.'" And then the response is, "Well, they do. <laughs> I mean, they have a flag, right?" As Eddie Izzard pointed out, well, you don't have a flag, then you can't own a place, right? Uh, oh, I, I love. The, so during that whole dinner dinner scene where they're under siege, like windows are blowing out and people are getting covered in plaster. It's that's where all the budget went. By the that's, way, yeah, yeah, it was a pretty crazy scene. But during the scene, at one point, the servant comes up and he opens a bottle of wine and pops the cork. And Sid James is like, "Oh, you scared the life out of me." <laughs> I do like that bit, and then I like how he holds the wine. The wine gets shot and the bottle smashed, and he's like, "Oh, well, this wine seems to be off. Can we try something else?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, and um, so he, he's getting ready to go outside and he says to his wife, he's like, are you prepared? And she pulls out like a Derringer that she's got in her, in her bra. And she's like, yeah, I'm ready. And he's like, okay, well, uh, uh, save a bullet for Mr. Belcher. He is our guest. <laughs> <laughs> right, because their plan is to, if it, if it do, goes badly, they're going to kill each other. Yeah, kill themselves. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I do, I do want to, well, sorry, if you have any more bits and bobs. No, that, that's pretty much it. Of course, I just mentioned that then they flash their naked wangs and everybody runs away scared. Right. We don't see it, but we, we, it's implied. I, I see it in my head. Well, of course you do. Yeah. Um, but my last bit and bob is just a scene here because it's a scene where Whittle, I need, I need, I need to heave more praise on the, the actor who plays Whittle because he's great. And they find like a dying soldier. Mm. And I just want to play the scene of when he's trying to comfort the dying soldier. And then the guy, <laughs> the gentleman after him as well. Yes. Hello, Jim. It's me, Jimmy. Your old mate, Jimmy Whittle. Jimmy? Hmm. Is it you? My old mate. <laughs> Ginge, mate. How do you feel? Oh, not so good. I think I've been wounded. Oh, only here and there. Jimmy? Hmm. I can trust you. Hmm. Now, give it to me straight. Am I going to be all right? Course not, Ginge, mate. Eh? I said, course not, Ginge, mate. I, I, I'm not going to be all right. Well, how could you be with half a dozen dirty great holes in you? You've had it. You're a bleeding fine, mate, I must say. What do you mean? You asked me to give it to you straight. Yeah, but I didn't mean you to. You are a little rat, you. No, oh, that's shut up, Whittle. You're a great little comfort to a dying man, aren't you? Now, listen, Hale. This is Sergeant Major McNutt. What happened, lad? They take about half an hour ago, sir. Hundreds of them. <coughs> they. They. I also needed to hear the burpers yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I do like that. That also that scene where he's comforting him and saying like, "Oh no, you're doomed. You're gonna die." That uh, sounded familiar to me. Like mm. it's, I think I've heard that in a more mod, like a more recent movie. Oh, probably. Um, that similar joke. So it just stuck out to me a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. give it to me straight, and he did. Yeah. What does he get for it? Grief. 
<sighs> nothing but grief. Just like the movie Nothing But Trouble, starring Dan Aykroyd, directed by Dan Aykroyd. Don't watch that movie. Penis for a nose. I don't watch it, guys. Not even as a joke. It's fucking terrible. Um, but that is it. That is Carry On Up to Kyber. So, yeah. Jason, I will ask you this. Um, there, okay, first of all, there's no way it lives up to the hype no, that we no, gave no. it. No, we've hyped it for 90 <laughs> episodes. There's no way it, it would, can live up to the hype. It would have to be 12 times better than Lawrence of Arabia to live up to that hype. Or, or 12 times as racist as it currently is. Right. Yeah. But my question is, Jason, did you enjoy the film? I'd say overall I did. Um, this is apparently the representative, the 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 apex of the Carry On series, and it's it's yeah, it's entertaining. Um, it definitely feels like a a step on the path to the airplane type movie, like like a the spoof and the jokes. Uh, the jokes aren't as dense as I would like them to be, but but again, they are funny. Uh, and if you appreciate that classic British double entendre style of humor, which I understand if you don't, because it is pretty broad and pretty dumb, but I can't help but love it. I'm an Are You Being Served fan, and and it just makes me laugh. Um, yeah, it's 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 okay. If, if you're going to watch a British comedy, I guess this is the one to watch. I would say I laughed more in this movie than I did in a lot of the comedies we've watched already. While I certainly did like Kind Hearts and Coronets, a lot of the other attempts at comedy we've had haven't really resonated with me. Except for like, well, I mean, you, I think you mean like the Ealing Studios Yeah, stuff. the Ealing ones. I mean, what else did we watch that I, was comedy? I mean, because we also watched the Full Monty. I think That's that true. was Full very Monty funny. Full Monty was funny. Brastoff had, Brast had a lot of funny moments. Yeah. Um, including a clown dying. Yeah, even like, well, Train Spotting had a lot of funny moments too, you know? A lot yeah, of I think you're talking moments. about that era though, right? Like that yeah, era yeah, of comedy? That, that, that early, like Passport to Pimlico. Uh, which I probably did, like more than a lot of those say, movies. You did like that one. You, yeah. I think you're more, uh, unfortunately, the Alec Guinness ones that you yeah, kind of were. Yeah, unfortunately. And we still have one more comedy to go, of course. We've got uh, Fish, uh, Called Wanda. Fish Called Wanda. And that could is... be next week because, Jason, last week we talked about Carry On Up that to Kyber true. and it happened. That is true. And I, I'm actually interested to watch that again because I do like that movie. I've watched it a couple times over the years. I love John Cleese. Oh, and... spoiler alert. If that movie comes up, I'm just, you know my opinion right now. I That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, so uh, we'll have fun talking about that if it comes up. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, check check it out. It's all right. It's uh it's an interesting time capsule of of that era. Um I would be interested uh I guess academically to see a few others that are academically. good. Academically. To see to see how they hold up in comparison to this. Maybe they aren't as what what we consider maybe controversial today. Uh, yeah, the other ones are probably not as uh progressive and open-minded as this movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I would say that this movie surprised me and that I honestly for real though, like the fact that we were hyping it so much yeah. and and saying, "Oh, we oh, we could carry on this week." I in the back of my head I'm like, "This is this could be terrible." Oh yeah. Uh yeah. this could be like a super offensive, which it kind of is. Yeah. Um but but also maybe not funny as not well. Not funny. Yeah, not funny. The jokes are hack hacky. Like a lot of the jokes are hacky, but it's fine. It but works. It's, but it's in that way where you're fine with it. Yeah. Like, I would rather watch this than, like, fucking uh, Friedberg Seltzer parody movies that come out now, like Date Movie and oh, shit like well, that, yeah. where people just fall down. And Has you, there been one of those in recent years? If you reference a celebrity and that celebrity yeah. falls down, it's a joke. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, Johnny Depp's dressed up as Jack Sparrow. But ha, it's not Johnny Depp. We hired a guy that kind of sort of looks like him. We hired the world's foremost Johnny Depp impersonator. Yeah, Michael Bolton. Well, it's like, well, I mean, really, that goes back to the, was it Scary Movie 2 that had Michael Jackson in it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was three or four. Oh, was it that late? Yeah. Wow. But you, 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 I mean, let's not negate Michael Jackson's actual cameo in Men in Black 2. That was pretty great. Zed, I can help out. I could be H&M. And they cut him off. Ah, 
<laughs> not much of a joke, but I, I haven't it was seen funny. that movie in a long time. It's not good. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it was a thoroughly entertaining comedy. Um, if you want to know my letterbox rating out of five, it's a three and a half star. No, oh, okay, okay. So I thought it was solid. Um, if you had to watch this or Zulu, I'd say watch Zulu. I mean, it depends what kind of movie you want to watch. If you want to turn <laughs> off your brain for 80 minutes, you want to laugh, this. buddy. You watch Zulu. Oh boy. Yeah, but if you want some dread and some and some intense action sequences, you watch Carry On Up That's the Cairo. Right. That's right. No, I th- I think this is good. I, I again, it's not like the best thing ever, but I think I think yeah, if you're gonna put one of these movies on, and if this is the best one, mm. sure. Um, but again, it's a movie where I'm like, I I I, I don't jump. I don't jump ahead to tell someone I like it a no. lot because it's something. It's something you know, like you said, we talked about. It doesn't age particularly well in yeah. a lot of in a lot of cases. Oh, for sure. Um, and I can see why that would bother someone enough not to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're not, not that I, not that I'm saying we're not bothered by it because of course we are. But like yeah. if you're if it's you're bothered by it so much that you don't you tend to stay away from those movies, then I would not recommend yeah. it. Um, but if you if, you know if you're able to kind of look ahead look ahead look past a little bit as a as a sign of the times then check it out at your local uh dollar video if if my, my final word on is on it is oh the final word the final word brendan jerry Springer, sit down if you like a historical comedy this jerry jerry oh sorry this is certainly worth watching um but at the end of the day, if you want to laugh, if you just want to fucking laugh, you just want to fucking sit there and shake like a bowl full of jelly, watch Airplane. Yeah, or Airplane 2, the sequel. Which isn't, you know, it's it's basically the same movie, but there's some fun in there. Um, Shat- I, Shatner's fun. Airplane 2 is not funny. It was directed by the guy who made the newsroom. I don't like it. But Aaron Sorkin? No, the Canadian newsroom, you oh. dumb fuck. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin directed Airplane 2? That's big news. <laughs> no, Ken Ken something. Okay, he's, Ken he's a Canadian guy. Ken guy. Ken Kesey, the, yeah, the writer of sure. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He directed it. Ken... Uh, Ken, um, Ken Shamrock. <laughs> no, who's the who's the guy we talked about that directed like the fucking Women in Love movie? Oh, Ken... Ken uh, Russell. Ken Russell, yeah. There we go. Uh, well, there you go. That's a... Pretty like you know recommendation with an asterisk next to it yeah. uh, for this movie. Um, but Jason, now we again we're getting we're getting down to it. We got eight movies left. Yeah, and we're gonna find out what the next one is. Yeah, on this list. So I believe it is my turn to draw. No, because I read Carry On. Oh, you did. Ring. Yeah. So you draw, and I read it. Uh, so I am gonna draw out the next movie out of this envelope, uh, out of the final movies on the BFI Top 100. No Let's peeking. I'm not peeking. Don't peek. Well, I'm peaking because I'm really high. <sighs> You're peaking, man. All right. So give us the number. Give us the movie. Let's see what we got. Uh, the number is 45. Okay. Donald Trump. Oh, no. <laughs> We're just watching his entire presidency. Well, Brendan, uh, this might be a two-night ex- uh, two movie extravaganza. Oh, we are going to watch next week the life and death of Colonel Blimp. Okay. All right, here we I, go. I'm excited for this one. It's know, long, but it looks really cool. I know this is one you've been looking forward to for a yeah. while. This is our final Powell and Pressburger movie. Yes. Yeah. And interestingly, we still have those two John Schlesinger movies. There is a really good chance we can get them we like back to back. This could be a long couple of weeks. <laughs> well, let's say he's bad, but yeah. I'm just saying it was long. Just to be long. Oh, th- this movie here, yeah. Yeah. It, by the way, don't listen to Jason. It's not going to be a two-part episode. <laughs> no, I mean for me, it'd be a two-night two-night TV extravaganza. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, there you go. The life and death of Colonel Blimp. I'm pretty excited for this one. I'm glad we're doing this one now, and hopefully, the other longer movie won't be right after this. But mm. we'll see what happens. 
But Jason, uh, we'll talk about that next week. But until then, you can find us all over the place. Yeah, we're everywhere, baby. Where you look, uh, chances are we're there staring back at you. <laughs> With a wearing a trench coat, mm-hmm. uh, a British trench coat, the best kind. So it's got extra buttons. It's like a London fog. <laughs> so we you can find us on Facebook. Just search for us. Uh, just search for for Screen and Country. We're on all the podcast apps. Uh, we're on uh, tw- uh, of course our home base is Age of Radio. You can find us on Twitter at uh, FSAC pod that's for screening country pod yep uh, we are also on TikTok at for screening country yeah what it is okay there's Absolutely. lots of lots of great ticks so talks. much so much there yeah uh, Jason you're on social media I am at Jason D McLeod that is M-A-C-L-E-O-D I'm out there you know just doing what you do on the internet man I'm just learning stuff and regretting that I ever fucking turned a computer on looking up porn and posting on 4chan uh, I don't, I mean, like what, like, like, like reviews of the porn I've been watching? Yeah. 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 4chan is the only place that'll let me do that. That's where I read my porn reviews. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you know, she, uh, she does a thing and, uh, does it pretty well. So five stars. <laughs> it sounds like if I read that, I'd be like, this person doesn't know what sex is. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's, uh, she's got her bags of sand that she's flapping around and she's, uh, Banging on her box, you know, like you would. <laughs> she, she, you know, she got those things on her chest and she's swinging them around yeah. and dancing. And, yeah, she's you know, just having a grand old time. She puts the pole in her head and yeah. in her ear and sucks it. Did that? And then she eats that hot dog? Oh, boy. Oh, to be that hot dog. Oh, to be that hot dog. <laughs> so there you go. Check out his 4chan uh, porn reviewing <laughs> channel. Um, but Jason, until next week, until we talk about the life and death of Colonel Blimp, I just got to say to you, God save the queen. God save the screen. And for Screen and Country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Carry on. Up the Kyber. We should go. I think right now would be we could probably get a pretty cheap flight to Afghanistan. Oh, Jason. We should not go. You need to read this article. Oh. Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher